This is a Diet of Brussels. Do we need to have treaty change to secure the objectives of the renegotiation? This is a, a question or an observation that's come up in a report this week from Parliament's European Security, uh, Scrutiny Committee, who basically are uh, the key group in uh, the Commons who uh, look at legislation that comes through uh, the British Parliament and who from time to time produce uh, reports, all of which I would recommend to you, about various issues. What they observed in their report this week, which they intend to be the first of a series uh, during the renegotiation process, is that without substantive treaty change, a lot of the ideas and points that David Cameron is trying to work to are nothing more than points of interpretation, that they don't substantively change the content of treaties. Now, you can see the point that they they make there, that uh, the letter of the law still remains the same, uh, and so as much as we might say this means this and that means that... Um, it's still uh, a moot point in the uh, in the literal sense. At the same time, it's also clear that uh, that's always been the, the way that the EU has operated, that the point of interpretation is exactly that uh, legal texts uh, are open to that interpretation. Moreover, the obligation that they provide is not... Uh, undeniable. It's uh, something which is um, open to political agency. So what that means is that uh, even if there's a provision in the treaty, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be acted on uh, in all cases at all times. Now, to take an obvious example here, we might think about uh, foreign policy provisions uh, where the Union has a common foreign and security policy but at the same time, it doesn't do everything in foreign policy terms through that uh, particular, particular domain. However, <laughs> there's a question about whether uh, the issues uh, that David Cameron is looking at are similar in uh, scope. One uh, particular kind of area is uh, the area of competitiveness, where uh, there have been moves to... Uh, promotes deregulation, uh, moves to promote more free trade agreements with uh, third parties. But, um, yes, you could argue, as the uh, Scrutiny Committee has done, that uh, unless there's uh, some kind of treaty change, that that is a uh, contingent process which is liable to be revisited uh, further down the line. So the challenge here is not so much... uh, the need for treaty change, and this is the, the, the further point that the, the committee make, but rather that people need to understand uh, the consequences of not having treaty change. And here, again, you can see how David Cameron has uh, potentially made life more complicated uh, for himself by initially saying that he was only going to accept treaty change uh, and then moving back from that as it became... Uh, more and more evident that European partners uh, were neither willing nor in some cases able to move towards that kind of solution. 
Now, that inability is largely a function of domestic politics. There's nothing legally to stop them going for a treaty change. But in practical terms, it's a slow, messy, painful process. Uh, and given that other countries have other priorities, it's not something that they're prepared to invest uh, political capital in. So once again, we see the connection here between uh, national politics in different countries uh, and how that affects uh, other countries in what they try to do. The challenge now for David Cameron is to come back with some kind of response uh, to that, uh, particularly as he has his European Council meeting coming up uh, this week, which I'll talk about in another podcast.